0: Hi, this is Ruth Friedman, and I serve as the Maharat at Ohev Shalom, the National Synagogue in Washington, D.C. And welcome back to my weekly Parsha podcast, Life Imitates Torah. So this week, Parsha Vayera, the fourth Parsha in the Torah, we be- opens with the famous, the classic story of Avraham waiting outside the tent looking for guests. God appears to him as he's sitting at the entrance to his tent as the day grows hot, kechomayom ayom, or the hottest part of the day. And he looks up and there are three men. And as soon as he sees them, he gets up and he runs to greet them, bows to the ground and says, you know, my Lords, if it please you, please don't, don't pass over me. Come, let me bathe your feet. Let's go relax under a tree. Let me feed you a little bit. um it, it, He's so going so out of his way to not only Search for guests, but then welcome them in. That, of course, this becomes the paradigm of Hachnasat Orchim, of the mitzvah of welcoming guests, literally sort of bringing them in, bringing guests in. And this is a story that we talk about with children all the time. And we're at Ohav this weekend, we're having a bunch of, you know, justice themed stuff all about welcoming people, taking care of people, etc. Isn't this a beautiful story? Now, It is a beautiful story. It's an amazing thing what Abraham did, but I wanted to consider it today through a slightly critical eye as well. Now, in addition to this being a story that serves as a model for us about how we're supposed to be welcoming to guests, it also in the Jewish community has served as a model of how communities can be welcoming, of how we can a shul or an institution can not only cater to the people who are inside of it, but how the leadership can look out and find creative ways of finding new people to bring in and rushing to them and not waiting for them to come to you. And it's a beautiful message of how to search past the four doors of your institution, about how to go looking for people in places that that you might not expect them to be and in places where they might not expect to be found, but that this is what outreach, this is what hosting, this is what building community is really all about. And so we have this model on an institutional level. And also, of course, it continues to exist on a personal level. As we always teach ourselves, there's such a mitzvah in Judaism of welcoming guests. And it, it, it's so ingrained in our culture that you can even you just every shul has got like a, a you know a welcoming committee and you can have to go to Shabbos in some Jewish community across the country. And you contact the welcoming committee and they set you up with meals like it's nothing. Right. This is so ingrained in our culture. Now, I think, as I said, this is a good story, a beautiful story, and it is an amazing thing. The Jewish community is unbelievable in the way that we host guests. But as I said, I I think that especially in light of uh, our communities which have been dealing with COVID for over a year and a half now, I want to think about it as what how can we think about this also more critically? How can we view the role of hosting more critically than this? Now, what it really draws me to think about that. This is something that I've I've been reflecting on for a few years already, uh, given when this story comes up in different contexts of training rabbis of how to be welcoming and how to foster community, is that Abraham, for the first five verses, is completely selfless, welcoming, as we said, come on in, we're gonna wash your feet and feed you. Then what happens in verse six? They Avraham Avrahama El Sarah, that Avraham rushes into the tent to Sarah, his wife, Bayomir, Mahari Shilosh Seim Kemach Solet Lushi Vasi Ugot, and he says, Quick, three se'as of choice flour, knead them and make cakes. So he says to Sar, Quick, get all this flour together and go and make the food. And then he runs to the animals and he takes a young animal calf and he gives it to his to a na'ar, to a servant boy who gets ready, who makes it ready. Now, so this is, I think, an important thing to notice, right? Because Abraham does the act of identifying the guests and welcoming them in. And then he turns to his team of a wife of servants and has them actually do the work of preparing the food while he then goes out and spends the time with him, with the guests. And I think that this is a really, really important note or important behind the scenes scene that we often miss when we're talking about this story. So Sara has to run and quickly prepare all this food. And actually, as the Mafarshi note, the amount is, it's an enormous amount of flour. And so like, they kind of think about, they come up with different reasons. Why did Hufferam say you have to make this much bread for three guests? So someone says, well, it's because they cook best when the oven is full. And so he wanted the, the, the bread or whatever this is to be as well cooked as possible. And so he wanted the oven to be full because that's, I guess, distribute the heat or whatever. And that's the best way to do it. The Shadal says, well, no, it couldn't possibly be that they were all intended to be eaten right away right? but rather that he wanted to make extras so the guests could take them with them on their way to have nourishment for the road. Beautiful ideas once again. Let's maximally take care of our guests. But also, let's now think about this from the behind-the-scenes perspective. Sarah now is expected to take a massive amount of flour and prepare a massive amount of food on a really hot day with no warning. Now this might be something that she wanted to do, but this is something that she didn't really have a choice about doing. Same way that this Na'ar who was there didn't really have a choice about whatever other work he had to get done that day, he just did it. Now that itself, I don't think is the criticism, right? I mean, we don't wanna assume negative intentions, perhaps they really enjoyed the work. But I think we still can appreciate That what the point I want to really hone in on today is that Avraham's act of welcoming and of hosting is one in which he identifies the guests, brings them in and entertains them, but doesn't actually have to do the work of the cooking, of the preparation, of the setup, of the cleaning, etc. Right. He is the host, but he is the host. In the capacity of being the entertainer. He is not the host in the capacity of actually doing all the work. He has a support system for doing all of that work. And when I really, you know, really thought about this and really realized this a few years ago. Like I said, done different workshops for rabbis um, and things like that over the years of how to make it welcoming. And someone was leading a session and talked about how there was a rabbi. Who not Orthodox of a different denomination? I forget which. And he wanted to get to know his congregants better. So what did he do? He built into his contract that every week the shul was going to pay to have catered food and a hired server in his home, so that he could host, say, I don't know, ten congregants a week for Shabbos dinner. And I remember sitting there and almost laughing, just kind of like how Sarah laughs, perhaps sarcastically, when they tell her you're about to have a baby, because. I was like, okay, seriously? Like, you think you're doing such a great job hosting? You're getting catered food and a server. I do this every week without catering food. I have to cook. And I also don't have anyone to serve or to clean up. My husband and I do that all ourselves, right? I kind of like... I was just like baffled that that was considered to be something that was so remarkable, when in fact, to me, it just sounded like taking the easy way out. And I definitely did have that a bit of a sense of content, um, the way that I sort of you know see in Sarah and the way that she reacts to the news that she's going to have a child, and she kind of laughs it off, right? Maybe she's just exhausted. Maybe she's rolling her eyes at these people that she's been working so hard um, to take care of them. And uh, she's already kind of exhausted and not in the best headspace. Whereas Avraham is out there entertaining and doing all the fun part. She's inside just doing the cooking and the cleaning. Now, I can wear that. And a lot of us who do our own hosting and cooking, we can wear these as badges of honor, right? We do the cooking and we do the shopping and we do all this every week. And, you know, aren't we amazing for that? But the reason I think that this is an interesting thing to consider specifically this year is that COVID forced us to take a break from all of that, right? Suddenly, we didn't need to use our China anymore because we couldn't be hosting guests and we couldn't be cooking these lavish meals anymore because there was no one to cook them for. And also maybe some people weren't comfortable going to the grocery store. And we took this like huge component of our Jewish lives and just paused it. And then what I thought was especially interesting is the way that certainly in in our particular community, the growth, how many people started buying these Shabbat box dinners from local caterers, right, where you pay a certain amount of money and they deliver challah and appetizers and meals and desserts, etc. Right, like not only did we stop hosting. But we also lost the stamina that we needed to even cook just for our own immediate families, to cook just for ourselves. It was almost like we hit a pause button on something. And once you hit the pause button, you just completely breathe this giant sigh of relief and it totally depletes you and you can't even do anything remotely related to that anymore. And I had this conversation with so many people of, oh, do we really think we can go back to hosting? Like, do I really want to start busting out my china again? Do I really want to spend hours cleaning up? Do I really want to be ignoring screaming, my own screaming children while I'm trying to host and get ready and I can't go to school and I can't do any of this because I'm doing all this prep? I think this is something, I mean, many people have resumed hosting, but I think that certainly for some of us, the thought of going back to what we were doing before, where we really were the Avraham's and the Saras all at the same time, just feels totally exhausting. Now, I think that I don't like to just read the story with a cynical eye and say, well, Abraham, Abraham had a Sarah." You know, we don't. So let's just dismiss the story. How can we take the positive parts of it and, and glean that from there and create a more positive model? And I was thinking about that. Like, I think what, where many of us have landed is when we resume getting together, we resume hosting, we want to be the Avrahams without having to be the Sarahs. And one legacy I hope from that is that we feel like we can greatly scale down the types of food that we serve. There's nothing wrong with inviting guests over and serving big vidi instead of like a six course meal. There's nothing wrong with inviting people over for sadashashit and just serving bagels. If all the prep, the SARA work is so overwhelming that we don't want to do the Avraham work, then I think it means that at the end of the day, the way we've been approaching this entire model of hachmasat or has been wrong. And I think that if we can all kind of allow ourselves to just retain the Avraham part of hosting, the part in which you actually engage with your guests and spend time with them and, and actually enjoy that time together rather than be running around the kitchen and end up being exhausted like Sarah, then we can actually, I think, get more to the core of what hachnasat or chim actually means, right? It's not feeding guests, it's welcoming guests. It's bringing them into your home, even if maybe we're still just in backyards and spending time with them. And so I hope that as a community, instead that maybe if you're listening to this while you're cooking for Shabbos, we remember that at the end of the day, we're not doing ourselves any favors if we're all gonna be pushing ourselves to return to that old model of, of every host being Avraham and Sarah and the Na'ar all at the same time. We have to be able to find a communal um, agreement or contract informally that we're all gonna be okay with just the Avraham model of hosting moving forward. Of not really caring about what kind of dishes you serve your food on, not caring about the quality of the food, but really just caring about the fact that we're spending time together. Shabbat Shalom.